0: Welcome to the ReChurch Podcast. This is Tyler Armstrong, the student pastor at 12 Street Baptist Church in Rainbow City, Alabama, with our lead pastor, Thomas Winborn. We are asking the question, how can we become the church that Jesus intended? Good, was good, everybody. I'm back in the lab with the one, the only, Luke Taylor Parker, what's up, man? What you doing? What's going on? How are you? Oh, dude, I'm doing pretty well, bro. Um, man, I am like weeks of in my final seminary classes. I'm graduating in two weeks. I'm done.
1: Congratulations. Thanks, brother. You've made
0: Master it. of Divinity will be behind my name, Taylor Armstrong M.Div. I'm kidding. That's really nothing. <laughs> like you know, I'm, I'm excited though, man. I'm ready to be done with it. Um. At the same time, it's been kind of a tiring week. Um, as you can tell, we're recording this podcast on Thursday. We typically try to record on Mondays or Tuesdays, or even try to get a few mm-hmm. weeks ahead, even.
1: Yeah, you had a bit of a scare this week, didn't you? Yeah,
0: man. And so, yeah. And so, it was, woo, not a good one. But anyway. Yep. Yep. What was that scare, Luke?
1: Your grades,
0: man. I know, bro. I All know. All of your assignments. Listen, dude. I, y'all, I, I'm an online student, as you can tell. And so... um, i had some assignments that weren't going through and i found that out because i saw some zeros and i was like i'm gonna check in on this so i checked in on it called my professor and he's like hey uh, I'm, I'm at work i'll get back with you so he gets back with me and like there's like i had a screenshot and show him like where it was coming from but it brought my grade up four points that's
1: pretty good man. four
0: points four points makes a big difference all right but y'all i'm so content with a c all right so what who are you worshiping with lately
1: so I talked about this same group last week, but they have a new album. It's Need to Breathe. We talked about their song with For King and Country last week, but Need to Breathe released an album during this quarantine season and it's called Out of Body. Yeah. And they've got And like, it's so good, dude. Literally the entire album is fantastic. I don't think they have a single song on that I'm album a big that's bad.
0: Drew Drew Holcomb and the Neighbors fan, mm-hmm. and they have that song survival. Yeah, you know, Jesus come quickly, I need you for my survival. It's so good. Woo. So Amen. for me
1: out of that whole album who am i it's probably my favorite.
0: Yeah dude that's like the uh, that's that's on, that's playing on WFm now so yep. right. Yep. Yeah it'll probably
1: be there for the next 5 years. <laughs> but, oh
0: shots. fire bro.
1: But i appreciate Woo! that song from first off like the story behind it like the lyric. Uh, yeah, I don't know the
0: story behind it i'll have to google this. Not
1: not like the story of the song oh, but like the lyrics okay. like the story that what the they're song communicating tells. Right. Got you. But also from like a videography standpoint, their music video for this song is probably every, the best song I've ever seen.
0: Every music video that they've released in the past few years has been videography like top notch. And now it, me and you and are it keeps nerds about that. Better uh, and we're, better. We are nerds about that kind of stuff. Absolutely. Like when his uh, his solo project, Wilder Woods. Yes. Oh my gosh, dude. Every music video that came out on that, like um what's the song? Um Electric Woman. Hang on, hang, hang on. on. Oh, Electric Woman's good too. Hang on is need to breathe. Hang also, uh, that is need to breathe. Isn't yeah. It. Yeah, that it's is need from to this breathe. album. Yep, that's right. That is need to breathe. I get i confused because it's the same guy. Yep. And so, but that the music video that's incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite song on that album is Banks. Yes. I mean, as a as a father, mm-hmm. man, like, I'll be the banks to let your river run wild. Oh, dude, it's so good. Like go listen to that album, y'all. I highly recommend it. I haven't been listening to that one lately though. Yeah. And so for me it's been His Glory Alone by KB. Um mm-hmm. I've been kind of on a hip hop trip lately. And um this guy is a host of um Luke kinda of smiled at that. I've also been on like a punk rock kick. And so if you want to really know what I've been listening to, come talk to me later. Um, I'll point you to some stuff. Uh but really like this song, like this this has been the album I've been listening to in the morning while I'm getting my coffee ready. Um getting that stuff going Um, man, it's just so good. Like KB is so Christ centered. He's the host of the Southside rabbi podcast, Mm -hmm. which, um, if you haven't listened to that, I would encourage you to It's two African American guys. Um, KB and this guy by the name of Amin Hudson. And they hang out and they talk about, um, cultural topics. It's so good. Like, I love it. I love it so much. Um, But in the midst of that The thing I love the most Is that he released This album in the midst Of the season Called His Glory Alone And it is such A good album It literally breaks down You know the gospel Um, The first song On the album I just pulled it up Let me look this up Really quick The first song On the album Is uh, Let It Rain you know, and it's that song, you know, Let It Rain up in the Floodgates of Heaven. Mm-hmm. And then he takes it and twists it. 10K, which is 10,000, and it's him opening up the song with 10,000 Reasons, and then he raps over the beat. It is so unique. Nobody else is doing what KB does, and so I highly recommend KB. What book are you reading or what book would you like to recommend today, Luke?
1: So this book is the one that I use for my daily devotions mm-hmm. when I get to do that. Um, it's called New Morning Mercies by Paul David Tripp. Yeah. I think you and Thomas have talked about it. We have recommended this book so many times. It's on our
0: website. It's the best, in my opinion, the best devotional. It, out there.
1: It's fantastic. It's super solid, Paul David Tripp. He's short. Very short, very easy to read. But it's scripture. Regular language, but absolutely overflowing with scripture. Uh-huh. And just like this past week alone, on top of like every other day that you open this book, super convicting, super relevant to what is going on in my life personally all of this stuff so I would definitely recommend this book
0: that's awesome man I love uh, we, we are big Paul David Tripp fans yes here and um, I love um, his book um, on parenting is really good too mm-hmm. so um, I mean I know you're not a parent and so not yet yeah not yet we'll get there not anytime so, soon not anytime soon we'll get there hopefully um By God's grace, as we make it through this pandemic. But anyway, and so, um, but no, his book on parenting is really good, too. But I'm not going to recommend that one either. All right. So um, I'm going to point you guys to this book I've been flipping through. It's called Finding the Right Hills to Die On, A Case for Theological Triage by Gavin Orland. Now, if you're a listener to our podcast, you will know that I am a huge, huge fan of Ray Orland. Gavin Orland is Ray Orland's Baptist son. All right. And so Ray Orland's Presbyterian, has a Presbyterian background. Gavin, he calls him his prodigal son because he left and became Baptist. And so uh, Gavin, though, is really theological solid. All the Orland boys and mm-hmm. even his, his, his two sons are in ministry. His wife is married to a pastor. That's awesome. And so isn't that so cool? Like, I mean, like this entire the whole family, family. The whole family is just like, just bleached Jesus. And so, but this book kind of influenced the topic for today, which the topic we're going to talk about, we're going to dive into some different things over the next few weeks, some different doctrines. Um, the idea is to find the right hills to die on, a case for theological triage. When you think of triage, I mean, what I think about when triage is like, the, like, battlefield, all right? Mm-hmm. You can't treat every wounded soldier the same way, all right? And you can't treat every wounded soldier simultaneously. So you have to figure out which injuries are the most important first. So let's just say that we're in the middle of a battlefield, and you come in, Luke, and you have your arm blown off, okay? All right. Your arm is blown off. You are bleeding profusely.
1: It's very graphic.
0: It, yeah, graphic warning, all right? <laughs> <laughs> but then Olivia comes in. And she got grazed by a bullet on the arm. Well, that wouldn't be fair to you if I was trying to work on y'all both simultaneously. Right. You have a chance of dying. Olivia has a chance of going to have, may have a, a pretty wicked, awesome scar. Like, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. There, there's there, literally our hospitals have triage. What Albert Moeller wrote this book in this article from 2005 about theological triage and going through is breaking down doctrines, making it show, hey, some hills are worth dying on and others are not. That's it, all right. And here's the thing: the more demanding the issues are, the more you have to make the hard decisions. So some doctrines are essential, and kind of the way that Gavin Ortland and even uh, Mark Driscoll—I mean, why did I say Mark Driscoll? Al Moeller. Al Moeller. Why did I say Mark Driscoll? Man, that's a name that like—I don't know why he came to mind because he needed theological triage. That's why he's not in ministry. Well, he's in ministry, but it's whack, all right. So anyway, <laughs> oh, shots fired again. I need to like put like sound effects behind this, like the
1: woo. All
0: right, but anyway. Um, what Gavin Ortland points to is that there are three levels of doctrine, essential, um, important, and un- un- unimportant. Well, there's essential, urgent, important, and unimportant. So there's four levels, really. But we're going to kind of break down a, th- a pyramid that I actually used last night with one of our students who was asking about a theological issue. And so here's the idea of theological triage. The first level of issues, the first level is of Utmost uh, important, you cannot be a Christian without believing in these issues. So let's name some essential doctrines to like the Christian faith, Luke. So go for it.
1: So obviously, you can't be a Christian if you don't believe that Jesus is the Son of God. You cannot. That is 100% that is true. a requirement.
0: Yeah, but, but we are called Christians, right? Yes. Another one I would go out and say is the Trinity. Absolutely. Because I think if you deny the essence of the Trinity, you are denying the essence of who God is and who God says he is in his word and who he reveals himself to be. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Another one would be um, the full humanity of Jesus, the yes. full deity of Jesus. Um, another one would be, um, like, gosh, like, there's so many of these. Authority of Scripture. The authority of Scripture. God's word has the final one. say. Yeah, but God's word has the final say. And this is the thing, like, I, I want to point this one out really quick. A lot of people say, like, you know, there are no authorities in the church. Well, yeah, like, we, we're ruled by some other authorities, but Scripture is our final authority. It's right. not the only authority. The doctrine that we like to use is the five solas, you, mm-hmm. know, you know, so that solo is sola scriptura means Scripture alone in Latin. A lot of people treat it as solo Scripture. No, we can look back at, like, the creeds and see how the creeds were shaped by Scripture to keep us within the realms of... But the truth of the matter is, is that Scripture is our final authority. If Absolutely. it doesn't align with Scripture, then it does not go. So yes, I one hundred percent agree with you, Luke. And so, um, but the reason why these are so essential is because these are the ones that are like based upon the Word of God. And if you twist these, deny these, you're leaving Orthodox Christianity.
1: It makes or breaks your faith. It does as a Christian,
0: one hundred percent. And because I mean, if you don't, if you don't affirm like the Virgin Birth, well then how was Jesus born sinless? Like yep. I mean, like, like there's so many like. Ramifications here that if you break a first top of the pyramid, so when you when I say pyramid, like pyramid's the thinnest part at the top of the at the top of the thing, that's the things that we hold most dear, most essential, and the thing is is like in all reality, there's more that unites us than divides us, mm-hmm. which then leads to this. As we go to this second level issues, and Gavin Orland prophesies, these are for the health and the practice of the church, for they frequently cause Christians to separate at the level of the local church, denomination, and our ministry. And so, the second level issues now in our pyramid that I showed that you use, let's not only have three levels, mm-hmm. right? Um, the second level is issues such as mode of baptism, right? Okay, now mode of baptism, we are Southern Baptist, okay. What does that mean, Luke? If we're back we
1: believe that in order to be baptized, according to our interpretation and understanding of the scripture, it has to be immersion.
0: By immersion, and and, and I will make I will make this clause unless there are like extraordinary right circumstances. All right, like I saw a Baptist church that there was like this like man who was on hospice who couldn't go underwater. They got cups of water they poured over his head.
1: Completely Amen. understandable.
0: Amen. Amen. Like, I'm with you there. Yep. There are extraordinary circumstances. But, if at all possible, and there are no extraordinary substances, get dunked. All right? That's what we see the biblical witnesses. That's what we see the biblical witness as. Now, our Presbyterian friends, okay? We have Presbyterian friends that we love and that we love dearly. I just mentioned Ray Orland earlier, but we have Presbyterian friends in town. Our Presbyterian friends would say, well... We baptize babies. Okay, well, do we baptize babies, Luke? We do not. Who do we baptize?
1: We baptize anyone who comes to a full understanding of the Scripture. Yes,
0: and so we don't see the Scriptural basis for baptizing babies. There is a good argument from the Scriptures that I don't think is a—I'm going to say good argument. I don't think it's a good argument. But our Presbyterian friends think it's a good argument, and they hold to it, and they fight for it. Well, you know what? That means that we probably don't need to go to church together. Like, you know what I'm saying? But
1: we also don't divide over this. No, we don't like, divide. We no. can live in harmony yes. while disagreeing I, I,
0: Listen, a few years ago, there was a uh, Presbyterian church that was kind of—we had the City Connect. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of a student ministry thing. And we literally used to joke around so much about ba- about baptizing babies. And I even shared a meme about this. I don't know if you saw this on Facebook about the dunking of Oreos. Yes. It was like fully dunking an Oreo Baptist. And it was like Presbyterians, and they dipped the water in their finger, and they just let it drip on the Oreo. Yeah. You know, and so, I mean, now, ba- now, here's the thing. Presbyterians will baptize by immersion. I don't know if you know that. They will baptize by immersion if, if you have the choice. Mm-hmm. Um, but the truth of the matter is, is that by, because of that doctrine alone, we can't worship together. Right. We can't worship together on Sunday mornings. Now, we can come together and, like, have ecumenical services and where we preach the gospel, share the gospel. We did that with that church, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm going to bring up the Methodist church, for example, right now. Here's another one that we're going to divide over. With female pastors.
1: Yep.
0: Okay. A few years ago, uh, and I don't know the pastor now. If I'm not mistaken, last I checked, um, it was a male. But a few years ago, Christ Central, right down the road, had a female pastor. hmm we did student ministry things with them. Right. We united on essential gospel issues, top-tier issues, but we're not going to go to church on Sunday morning together because of that, all right? Their understanding of baptism, Methodist understanding of baptism, is different than how we understand baptism, mm-hmm. so we're not going to worship together on Sunday mornings, but that doesn't mean that we are going to divide over the essential issues. We will go to bat on the essential issues.
1: Yep.
0: Um Going back to the first tier issues, uh, Al Mohler has this great line where he was uh, speaking at BYU, all right? Now, you know, BYU, Brigham Young, yes. Mormon University, mm-hmm. everybody there's like 30 years old because they just got <laughs> off their mission and they're married with like six kids. And yeah. so um, I have Mormon friends. And so they're probably, they listen to this, which I don't know if they do, but they are, they're probably laughing right now. Al Mohler says this, and it's so funny. He says, listen, he said, I'm not here to preach because I believe we're going to heaven together. I believe that we are not going to heaven together because we're divided over first tier issues with Mormons. All right. Like for like first level issues with Mormons. Mm-hmm. But this is what he said. I love this. He said, I'm here speaking because I believe that one day we may go to jail together because of like, because and that's over religious liberty stuff. And right. like the way, so there are issues like that where we can unite with someone who, and I'm going backtracking a little bit. We can unite with someone who divides us on first tier issues, mm-hmm. but we need to understand that that is like major, major, major issues. All right, so then the third level. All right, so we just talked about, like, denominational splits. And, and if you want to dive into, like, denominational history, come talk to me. I love to talk about it, where denominations came from and all these things. I would actually argue, and I'm going to make this point because a lot of people are like, man, why can't we just be one church, you know, and just worship together? That's why. Because there are issues that we hold dear that are urgent issues, not essential to the faith, but they're urgent issues that we hold dear to our hearts that we believe Scripture teaches. If we
1: all— worship together in the same building, it would be constant debate and debacle, and it would completely distract yes. from the worship that we we're supposed to be having.
0: And from the mission, right. from the overall mission of the church. I mean, that's the thing that like, we have to strive and fight for these things and continue to press on for the gospel. And if we debated doctrinal issues all the time, these second-tier doctrines that aren't the biggest deal and mm-hmm. when it comes to eternity, but they're a big deal while we're on earth. Because that's how we understand the scriptures, and then we get to heaven and we understand that the Baptists were right the entire time. And ever just, I'm, I'm kidding, all right. Like Luke, just kind I mean, there.
1: at the end of the day, <laughs> if that like, happens what? and the
0: Baptists were right, it's
1: not even going to matter. It Doesn't matter.
0: Like it who cares matter. at that
1: point? You're in heaven.
0: It doesn't matter. But the truth of the matter is, is that you know this is what we believe the Bible teaches. But we keep we're going to hold to it. We're going to hold to it, and we're going to fight over it. But we're not going to divide over first tier yep. issues. Third tier issues, though. Is let's move on to these. All right. These are the ones. They get elevated to first tier issues,
1: okay? Because you're allowed to disagree on these and still be in the same building on Sunday morning. Yes,
0: because second tier issues like the mode of baptism, the, the, the how we structure our church, like how mm-hmm. our polity works, like we're congregationalist. That means our congregation has power. Some churches are elder led. We we aren't going to like join in for fellowship with them right now. You right. Know what I'm saying, and so, but ultimately, third tier issues, third tier issues. These are the ones that people divide over. Because we're in the church, we're in the building, like Luke just pointed out, dividing over these things week in, week out. So name some of those, Luke, if you don't mind.
1: So a lot of people like to debate gospel freedom, whether or not the gospel allows us to have free will. Mm -hmm. Some people think it does. Some people would argue that it doesn't because our free will, per se, is God's will, Mm -hmm. and therefore we're enslaved to God's will. Yeah. Regardless of where you fall on that, it doesn't matter.
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean, we can worship together. That's exactly, not, we we can worship together in that. And so, what Luke's point now is like, you know, I I make the argument of this is that you know, your will is enslaved to sin, and then when you come to Christ, what does Paul call himself? A slave of Christ. We're enslaved to Jesus now. It's not like an enslavement of like you know we have such a negative connotation of that word, especially in today's culture. Mm-hmm. But it's not in the same sense as you know what we would even think of as a slave. It's a it's it's a joyous duty. You know, it's a joy filled duty. Um, another one. Um, eschatolo- eschatology, the end times. Okay, like I'm not gonna get into a debate about the end times. I'm not gonna get into a debate about the mark of the beast right now. I will say I highly doubt.
1: That the, the covid is the, mark is of the, the bark
0: of the beast, unless it's somehow going in the right hand and in the forehead. And if somebody tries to stick a shot in my forehead, bro, I'm decking. I'm knocking them out. All right? We just talked about aggression last week. I'm getting aggressive. Be aggressive. All right? But ultimately speaking, we don't divide over those issues. We can have fun and debate, but uh, one of my favorite professors— the seminary said he was a panmillennialist, all right? Cuz there's amillennial, premillennial, and postmillennial. He said he was a panmillennialist. And everybody was like, "Where's he going with this?" Now, me being grown up in church culture, I, was like, I don't know, he's about to say it. And he goes, "It's all going to pan out in the end." Yep. All right. And I'm like, "Yeah, but where's the fun in that?" Right? Like 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 I want to debate. Yep. Okay? Like I want to I want a debate. But anyway, um some other issues of this is like um soteriology, all right? Like soteriology. Um, And when I say soteriology, that's like Calvinism, Arminianism, and the newly kind of newly coined in the last like 10 years traditionalism that's risen up within the Southern Baptist Convention. A lot of people would raise those up to be like second, first tier issues. I don't think so. I think that you can be an Arminian and come to 12th Street Baptist Church and worship with us. I think you could be a Calvinist and come to 12th Street Baptist Church and worship with us. I think that you could come to our church and be a traditionalist or whatever list is whatever you want to be. All right. Because we don't divide over the first two issues because at the end of the day, if you are a true Bible believing Christian, you preach, repent and believe in the gospel, turn away from your sins and believe in the gospel. That is what we preach. That is what we proclaim. And we turn to Jesus and we run to Jesus and we do these things for the sole sake of the gospel. So we don't divide over that. Now, you may choose to divide over that, but I would tell you like, it's not that big of a deal. Would you agree with that, Luke?
1: I would. I mean, for any of the second or third tier issues, it's okay to disagree. That's what people need to realize, especially with the year that we have had, with all of the hate that's going around just over disagreements is where it boils down to. Yeah. We need to realize that it's okay to disagree and still live and love one another. Like, it is 100% okay, and it's even what we as a church are called to do. We're going to be a part of this world where people disagree with the things that we believe. But we're not supposed to hate these people. We're supposed to love them the way that Jesus has loved us. And that's how we're supposed to love one another, too.
0: I'm right there with you, brother. And that's the thing, like, we sometimes get so confused and, like, elevate these, like, these doctrines to the point where, like, they're not meant to be elevated, but as long as we center on the gospel, the biblical gospel, what the scriptures teach, we can worship together, we can hold these things together. And then the things that we divide over, yeah, they're important. You know what I'm saying? Like they're important. Like we don't need to like minimalize like the like these doctrines. Um, we don't need to like say like, like for example, like those secondary issues, especially, like, you know, I'm I'll use this one, like men like men in ministry, like men and women in ministry, like gender roles in the church. Those influence how we uphold the gospel. Mm-hmm then that's why we divide over it. But that doesn't directly influence the gospel as a whole. Does right. that make sense? And so I would highly encourage you, pick up this book, um, You know, Finding the Right Hills to Die On, um, the idea of theological triage. It is so good. Um, I've really, really enjoyed it. Um, overall, though, here's the thing. We should always, always, always not sacrifice the pursuit of unity for a pursuit of purity when it comes to 3rd rank doctrines. All right, third rate doctrines are the ones that are like at the bottom of the list that ultimately it doesn't matter what you believe on it because it does not impact the gospel. If we divide over those things, man, like God be with us mm-hmm. because those third rate doctrines don't matter when it comes to getting into getting to the kingdom, getting into heaven. You know, and we're going to get there and God's going to reveal it to us in all of his m- 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 like just mysterious ways of how he's worked. Man, the gospel is going to be uplifted. Jesus will be exhausted. Exhausted. I said exhausted. Exalted. I'm exhausted. Exalted, and we will worship the King in spirit and truth together, hand in hand, whether we are divided over second tier issues on this planet or not, but right now, especially right now, and we talked about this with a student last night, we cannot be divided over third tier issues because we it, w- unity is better than purity overall especially when it comes to like third tier issues. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And so um, but we do need gospel purity not, we do need that but unity is better than purity. Well, all right, y'all. Well, thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the ReChurch Podcast. Hey, once again, we're sorry for kind of falling behind on this this week. It's been a crazy week up here at the 12th Street Baptist Church. But, hey, we're going to get back on it. Um, We're going to release one for Thanksgiving week next week. We're going to get going. We're going to get it on top of it and hopefully get you some content on Advent throughout the rest of the season. So we're going to get it going. I'm excited. Um, It's the holiday season. Let us worship Jesus in spirit and truth. And y'all, Luke Parker has made the sermon bumper of all bumpers to release our new series. I'm so excited to reveal that to you in the coming weeks. Other than that, peace out. Love you guys. See y'all on Sunday. See ya.